0: Are you looking for inspiration on a daily basis? Well check out Deal to Heal Tees. With our inspirational teas, you're sure to find something that will inspire you. Just go to deal to heal That's Deal to heal Tees. Get some inspiration in your situation. Wear inspirational tea and be inspired all day. That's Deal to heal Tees at Deal to Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I got a question to ask you. Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one time donation, go to Cash App and make a donation to dollar sign E James, the number 418. Make a one time donation to the Cash App, or again, go to Patreon to support this podcast and keep us on the air. Thanks in advance. Be blessed. welcome 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 to the deal to heal with e james podcast i am your host ernest james and i believe that everyone can live a life that is whole healed and healthy and therefore i'm on a mission to help people to deal heal and fulfill deal with your problem heal from the pain and fulfill your purpose Thank you guys once again for ton- uh, tuning in to listening to the podcast. If you haven't already, please make sure you listen, like, subscribe, and share our podcast definitely on our YouTube channel um, and also on Spotify or Google Podcasts or even on Facebook. Whatever whatever major uh, uh, platform you think that we're on, we're on there, Instagram, everywhere. So please make sure that you uh, guys subscribe and follow and share. Okay, thank you guys very much. Uh, once again, tonight, uh, today, just like any other day, we are blessed with a guest. Mr. Dustin, how are you today? Man,
1: I am good, Ernest. I am doing well, man. Thanks for having me uh, on the podcast. I, man, I'm excited, ready to jump into everything that Deal to Heal uh, has in store.
0: Okay. Okay. So good, man. I'm glad. Good, good, good. Yeah. So we are already ready. So first of all, let me say thank you for uh, taking out the time to be on here um, because you could be doing anything else and you took out the time to spend with me and my listeners and I definitely appreciate it. So uh, let's jump right in. Uh, first things first, I know you are a girl dad. And yes. so anytime I have a girl dad on because a girl dad like myself, I have to ask you two questions just straight off the bat. So the two questions are: What does it mean t- for you to be a girl dad? And the second one would be: What is something that your daughter or daughters have taught you? You know what? At what first thing that pops into
1: mind when you say, "What does it mean to be a girl dad?" Uh, protection, protector. Uh, that's the that's the very first thing. Um, that comes to my mind as a youth pastor for seven years. Man, I know what these kids are up against. I know what the youth of of today um, is into. I know what's going on out there. And man, protection, dude, that's that's the first thing, Ernest, that pops into my mind. And then when you say, what have they taught me? The first thing that popped into my mind was patience. So protection and patience, bro. I have I have my way of doing things. Let me just tell you, I'm bald. You are bald. They are not bald, okay? And so when it's time to go, it's easy for me. You, you, uh, t-shirts and shorts,
0: right. it pops out the
1: door. Listen, man, it's a whole nother beast when we start trying to get all these ladies ready. So uh, yeah, yeah, patience.
0: Right, right. And you, and you said ladies would have asked. So you have uh, I, two I have daughters. Two daughters and a wife. And a wife. Right? Yes. Right. So year old run. That's not good odds. You see, like you're you going to lose every day. <laughs> man, I have
1: I have 13-year-old daughter and a four-year-old daughter. The four-year-old is off the chain. A 13-year-old, <laughs> man, she's coming into her own self and she's, man, 35 every bit of it. You know.
0: <laughs> well, I'm I'm lucky. I'm lucky a little bit in, in that area. My baby just made 19 this year. She's still my baby, but she's a, she's a young lady now. And so uh, that brings a whole nother era of problems. Though. Yes. You know I mean? It's one thing when you grow it when they're growing up. It's like okay, that's one set of problems. But then when they think they grown, then that's a whole another set.
1: Uh, of problems. Whole another. <laughs> I hadn't got there yet. I'm gonna learn. I'm
0: gonna learn. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. But take your time, take your time, man. Yeah. Ain't no ain't no rushing that one. Just like, huh? So <laughs> anyway, let's let's jump right in. Uh uh, Dustin. So, first of all, introduce yourself, uh, yes. to my listeners and tell them exactly what it is that you do.
1: Okay, so I'm actually um pretty doggone excited today. Um, because um today that I'm on this podcast that i The day that we're actually recording this, um, Mm -hmm. I just released to the world publicly that I uh, have started my nonprofit. And so it's Dustin Reibenbart and Associates Incorporated. And what I do is I'm a youth speaker. I mentioned before that I was a youth pastor for almost seven years. Um, My heart yearns and aches uh, for the next generation. And uh, and my goal is to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. That was Jesus's last command, you know, and uh, and and so that's that's one of my um, life goals is to impact as many youth as possible while I still have breath in these lungs. And part of the vessel that I'm going to use to do that is my nonprofit organization so I can make local impact. As well as global impact, and and I'm just excited, man. And so there's so many ways for people to partner. There's so many ways for people to help. Please reach out to me. You see my Instagram there. Whatever means, and uh, and let's get plugged in and let's change the world.
0: That's right. That's right. I, and, and and so uh, even with that, Dustin. So you you mentioned about you started the nonprofit. Yes. Um. But as as part of the nonprofit is, our, is also part of what you're already doing, which is, is speaking. Right.
1: Yes. Yes. And so so as a, a youth speaker, youth evangelist, the nonprofit is actually uh, to help fuel that mission. Right to go and, and to evangelize and to go into these schools. I do motivational speaking. I do inspirational speaking. I do evangelism, all of that. I do a lot of work in secular areas like secular schools where you cannot mention the name of Jesus, but you can tell it. Uh, you can tell biblical principles in a mm-hmm. secular way. And nobody, nobody knows any different. Right. And right, so right, right. Uh, and and but people can tell a difference in, in through you. And so that's part of the mission is doing local events here in town uh, through my nonprofit to reach the next generation. I've got an awesome idea uh, coming up, um, an awesome event here locally. And uh, and yeah, uh, the rest of it is is spreading that mission. I hope one day to be able to sponsor um, uh, underprivileged kids um, with with college. I hope to be able mm-hmm. to do that through the nonprofit one day, but we're taking little bites, you know, right, as right. we go.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so, okay. We're, we're taking little steps as we go. So since we're, we're taking steps, let's go back. Let's go back okay. to the beginning of, right. of Dustin and where Dustin started. So I know that um, at, at one point, you know, you dealt with some uh, addiction, I think yourself, as well as uh, some family members. So let's go back into that and and just kind of go through the progression of who you were at that time and leading up into becoming the man that you are now and doing the work that you're doing now.
1: Yeah, so um, anytime anytime you want to jump in, um, um, jump in. So I, I basically say that I grew up, Ernest, um, I, I grew up living out of his suitcase. My dad, he worked offshore on drilling rigs for uh, two weeks. He would he would do two weeks on, two weeks off. And my mother um, was addicted to pain medication, and uh, we moved around a lot, man. But I would live with my dad for two weeks, and I would live with my mom for two weeks, and it was odd, man. It just I, every time. I would never be at one house long enough to fully unpack my suitcase to, uh, um, you, you know, before I had to pack up and, and go to the next place again. And it was like that for for many, many years. It was confusing when I was at my dad's. Uh, we had to do things this kind of way. And then when I was at my mom's, we had to do things uh, very loosely in this kind of way. And it was just this this struggle until finally I was old enough to say, hey, I want to go here or I want to stay here. And I chose to stay with my mom because in my adolescence, freedom mm. seemed more inviting, right? right. And, and so in and through that, um, we moved around a lot and it exposed me to a, a, a lot of different people, a lot of different things, a lot of different schools. It wasn't long before. Uh, I mean, I was young when I started uh, uh, stealing cigarettes, you know, you, you know, um, uh, drinking. And then that turned into uh, drug use and, and all of this in a lifestyle that just was not. Good. I did a lot of a lot of hard things until my mom one day called my dad and said, listen, I can't deal with him, said, you have to take him. And so this was going into my ninth grade year or so, ninth, tenth grade year. And I moved from a small town in Alabama, which I currently live in now, to Houston, Texas, Mm. which is enormous. And let me tell you, let me tell you, H Town has its set of problems. And Mm it's a wonderful, wonderful place. Okay. It's got a lot of great things. But let me tell you this with the mindset and the mentality I had, I grew up 10 times faster. Okay. And and was exposed to a lot more. All right. Until I finally got out of school. I dropped out of school my senior year. Uh, and went back home and I moved, I moved back home. Um, man, I I moved in with my mom. I wasn't hitting on nothing, Ernest. I wasn't hitting on nothing. It was, it was going downhill fast until one day my dad, my dad called. When he called me, he heard the sound of a hungry man, a man that was tired of being where he was at a man who had hit rock bottom. And my dad said, Dustin, he said, I can do something with a hungry man
0: as long as
1: you don't lose that hunger. And he helped me um, get an interview offshore on drilling rigs. And I spent 10 and a half years, man, um, in the oil and gas industry, completely... Completely vanished from that old lifestyle. I run into people nowadays that's like, "Man, where did you go? What what happened to you?" I had to vanish, Ernest. I had to I had to vanish. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and and I worked ten and a half years until about seven years ago. The bottom fell out of the oil field. Two hundred thousand jobs were lost, mm-hmm. and uh, and and mine was one of them. Mm-hmm. And. Perfect. You know, in and through in and through that process, I experienced a lot of things. I saw a lot of things, was exposed to uh, a lot of things. My mother, um, you know, had really started to spiral um, and and life was was really going downhill. She had brittle bone disease on top of all of uh, all of her addictions and and. All of this, man. I can, you know, the average kid plays outside. I would play, man, in the back of the car, headed to the pawn shop to go pawn something. You know, it was just, it was a lot, man. It was a lot. And
0: yeah. so, one one of the things I heard you say that, uh, that you mentioned that you said uh, you had to vanish, right? And yeah. so, and, and and I like that you said that because sometimes the environments that we are in you know is one of the biggest hindrances you know and and just by changing your environment changed your whole life like you said you went from one environment and your dad put you in a whole nother environment which gave you 10 years of growth you know what i mean just by changing your environment and so that's an important lesson you know, uh, uh, for, for our listeners, you know, to, yeah. to pick up on, you know, that sometimes when you're in a, in a position or in a place and you feel like you've hidden rock bottom, sometimes the best thing to do is to find another bottom, right? That's it. Because on, on one hand, the bottom could be the bottom of a pit. On another hand, the bottom could be the bottom of a stair. You know That's what right. I mean. So yeah. it's just where you're where you're starting at. So if you're in the bottom of a pit and you need to get out, you need to find the bottom of the stairs and start working your way back to the top. You Amen. know. And another thing that, that I I'd like to mention to uh to our listeners too with environment is sometimes you may not be able to physically move to another environment, but right. mentally you can move to another environment. And that's by taking in the things that you that you feed your mind, you know, right. feed your mind through books, through through uh, music, through motivational speaking, through videos, you know, all those things that you could bring into your environment and build a whole new environment in your mind before you're able and before you're ever able to physically move to another environment.
1: Yeah, are you uh are you familiar with Jamal King, the creator of Make Real Estate Real?
0: I, I definitely am, and I have uh, that, and I, and I bought it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm in Make Real Estate Real. In fact, I got his book over here with his signature, and it says anything is possible. Uh, and and so, um, he says your greatest level of exposure will determine your level of success, even if you can't physically even if you can't physically move out of the location, you have to find things that will bring your level of exposure that will heighten it. You have to Mm -hmm. heighten that level of exposure. Just like you said, whether it's through motivational speakers, whether it's through whatever you put in here, right? We have to, we have to be exposed in order to know what's out there in order to in order to see that where i'm at that this is not all there is you have right. to
0: yeah yeah and 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 it may be hard right it may be yeah. hard because we we deal with a lot of a lot of things and and i know uh before we got started i had mentioned to you you know that recently i've had a loss uh in in my uh family which was my godfather um, and we talked briefly even about you know losses, right? Uh, which is family members and, and loved ones. And, and you mentioned to me about um, you know losing your daughter and I, and I believe your your grandmother. And just so just tell us a little bit about that um, those circumstances that that was around. And you know even what were some of the things that helped you get from that you know deal with those losses to still keep moving forward on that trajectory that you're, you're now on, you know, that your father helped you get in by, by uh, changing that environment.
1: So um, great timing because I had just led into the oil field collapsing. 200,000 jobs were lost. Mom was one of them. I found myself on 25 acres, um, an old farmhouse. Wife was now pregnant and now no job all right so it was my identity was in the oil field man i had i had i had started to become something i'd gone from a roustabout to a subsea engineer i bled black oil through my veins man and then all of a sudden it was snatched from me now i will say this let me back up about a year before maybe a little more I had felt the call to go into ministry. A lot had happened in that 10 and a half years through a local church. Got to do done some wonderful things in and through my life. And I was feeling like going into ministry. But right as soon as it collapsed, I go into this. We find out my wife's pregnant. Uh, 17 weeks in, we go in for the ultrasound. And they tell us the baby doesn't have kidneys or a bladder. So... She's not going to survive out of the womb. She has what she calls Potter's syndrome. Uh, and so, um, man, we were hearing words like termination, abortion, all, all of these different things. We sought uh, wisdom through uh, pastors, all of this stuff. What do we do? Like, there, there's no, this This baby's not going to make it. Uh, we determined that that God is the giver and the taker of life. And mm-hmm. we decided to carry Callie Grace for as long as God would sustain her. And my wife made it eight months. Uh, one month shy of full term, Callie Grace passed away in the womb. Uh, we had to go in and and take her. And that day in the hospital, man, that was one of the, that was one of the, the hardest moments of my life. Um, I really experienced humanity in that moment. A couple A couple of months later, I lost my mother to a drug overdose. Um, a drug addiction that I told you about had had finally uh, taken her life. a couple months after that I lost my grandmother now to the final stages of dementia. After losing my baby, Callie Grace, seeing death at the beginning of life, middle age with my mom, end of life with my grandmother, Ernest, I learned we only get one shot at this life. Mm. We only get one opportunity this side of eternity. What are we going to do with it? Now, a lot of people could have taken the pressure of all of that, right, and and completely given up, okay? I don't blame you, all right? I see see where that could happen, or through a life-changing study from the book of Joshua, God looks at. Or, or, or God goes to Joshua and said, Moses is dead. Which in turn means, yes, that happened, Dustin. Yes, that happened. But I've got plans for you. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you and to put you on your feet. And your life has a purpose, a purpose and a mission. And we're going to use all of this hardship, all of this misfortune misfortune and use it for his glory and so that's kind of what kind of set the stage and started setting the opportunity for me to go into ministry that all happened during that round that first year of ministry and it was very very hard But as I just stepped one foot in front of the other and saw God's provision, felt the hand of the Holy Spirit on my life, all of that just strengthened and molded and compounded in me um, that, that he is real, right? That God is real and his plans for me are real. And those plans are to take his word to the youth of the next generation for sure.
0: Man, I, I love that. I love that, man. And, and I, 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 I often share about uh, you know, my, my whole thing with depression, because like you said, even with your circumstances, you can see how someone could get to a point where they, they wanted to give up or they want to give up. And that's one of the things that I went through uh, in a uh, certain uh, time span where um, I was depressed, I was in debt, I ended up getting divorced my mother-in-law at the time who I was very close to passed away from cancer. And then three years later, my mother, uh, also passed away from cancer. And so that whole, uh, um, Thing, you know, within that same time period, all the things that I was dealing with at that time definitely led me through a depression stage. And even, you know, like I said, I, I've talked about it before on the, on the podcast of, you know, going through that depression and even getting to the point where I was having, you know, suicidal thoughts and actually contemplating, you know, suicide. But, you know, one of the other things that God gave me that I often tell, I often speak about now is, when we're going through something, God gives us a choice. And that choice is, are you going to come out a victor of this thing or are you going to be a victim of it? And those of us that he allows and strengthens to come out victorious over whatever that circumstance is that we are in, it then becomes our job to go back and help those who are still victims.
1: 100%. Bring them
0: into the other side of it. And so I, I definitely appreciate, you know, even how your your story goes on along that same line with yeah. the things that you are dealing with that catapulted you into your mission and your ministry now, where that same pain that you were dealing with, you didn't allow it to to, you know, you didn't fall victim to it, but you became a victim over a victor over it. And now is using that message to go forth and 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 help our students, which definitely we need uh in this time you know,
1: Ernest, you you mentioned suicide Uh, when I lost my job, when I lost uh, my identity to to working in the oil field and and growing in that in that stature and and all of those. um, When two hundred thousand jobs were lost, my dad and I personally um, know people who put a gun to their head when when the oil economy collapsed. And a lot of people, I've I've heard people often say, um, "There's no way I could commit suicide." I just don't understand. I just don't understand how somebody could do that. There's no way I could do that. It's the uh, uh, unforgivable sin. This yada yada. And I've heard all these all all, all these different scenarios. And I'm gonna tell you right now, um, I, I understand it. I, I understand it. Here's the thing, man. People get to a a such a depressed. State, Mm -hmm. They fall into that victim mentality. I'm so glad you brought out being a victim or a victor, because that is exactly the mentality um, that I talk about when I talk about a life lived for Jesus is is a life. You're in a battle every day you wake up, you're in the battle of your life life every I'm sick of people saying I got a boring life. Oh, my life is boring. Nothing exciting. Bro, you're the Indiana Jones of your life. Every day you wake up, there's a battle for your soul. And so with that, man, it's like but we're fighting a battle from victory. We're not fighting for victory. There's there's a difference. It's not on me, right? It's not on me to figure out everything. I'm fighting from Victory. I'm. We're already victorious, man. The fact that I'm breathing air in my lungs, speaking life into this podcast is is victory, man. And when I'm constantly striving for victory, and then all of a sudden you lose everything. Oh yeah, depression's real, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And 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 I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned that too because even me myself, and, and I was just having this conversation with someone uh, the other day. And, you know, they were having the same sentiments about, you know, I don't see how someone could do that, you know. And so I was telling them my story, like, beforehand, I was that same person. I was the same person that was like, you know, who could do that? Why would you do that to your loved ones? And, you know, that's a selfish act, you know, to, to take the easy way out then. Because when you, when you, someone uh, commits suicide, you don't take away your pain, you just transfer it. So now you're free from it, but you transfer that same pain to all your loved ones who now have to not only deal with the fact that you're not here, but deal with the fact of how you left. You know what I mean? And so, but on on the other hand is, and what I told them, and they were saying that they don't understand it. And I said, I hope you never understand it.
1: That's it. I hope you never understand it because the only
0: way you can understand it is to be in that place. And I would not wish that place on anybody. You know, and I said, you know, we we're having a conversation. I'm like, I, 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 I can't really explain it to you because one, of the, one of the ways I explain it is your your threshold of the thing that pushes you to that breaking point may be different from the next person's. You know, maybe you can only take, you know, one one heavy load. Maybe somebody else can take ten. You know what I'm saying? And so, but you can't look at that one that person that's taking one and say, well, you're you're weak or whatever, because nobody knows how much, you know, you can bear to get to that point where you start even thinking like that. But I do know that it's a low point, and I don't wish that point on anybody, because everybody is not blessed to come to the other side of it. You know, some people end up taking their lives and then, again, transferring that pain that they had to their Loved ones who who are still here, and so yeah, I I tell, I, I hope you never understand it. You that's know? it, and, and I don't I don't want nobody to understand it. <laughs> that's that's it, I mean? Ernest
1: man. And so and so going through all of that shifted something in me, to where clearly reading reading the book of Joshua, um, something connected something I, I can't describe it. All I can tell you is that the Holy Spirit was so alive inside of me when I read the words that were in that book um, that I just read it over and over and over. And all of a sudden I started seeing a pattern. There were six battle principles from the story of Joshua that changed my life. And this I do believe is is my life mission. Is to get these principles, whether it be told in a secular way, whether it be given evangelistic style at church. I mm-hmm. gotta get these principles into people's hands and let them know that there is life on the other side.
0: Right, and 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 those principles uh, going through that also led you to to write your book, right? Yes. And, it, uh, uh,
1: I have it. I have it right here. My book is uh, okay. is uh, courage and redemption, the six battle principles from the story of Joshua.
0: Okay. All right. All right. So all right. So we're here. So we're here. so you are you you read it through Joshua, <laughs> and you you're inspired um, to to write this book. And so you write this book, which is now part of your mission that you that you're going. So I, I don't want you to give us all the information because yeah, that we to buy the book. You need to buy the book, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah. well, let's say three. Let's go. Let's go with three. <laughs> you know. Okay. So if you if you share with us, uh, you know, three of the principles of your choice, you know, um, that you go over in in, in your book that will help someone that's dealing with you know, any of the things that we've already spoke about or some something that we are we haven't even spoken about at all. But knowing that they're in this process of figuring out whether they're going to be a victor or a victim of the situation that they're in now and reading your book and listen to your principles, just give us something that can help that person to get to the other side of, of where they're at.
1: So Ernest, whoever's listening, I may never get the opportunity again, ever to speak to them. I got to give you all six, but I'm gonna give it to you in a way. I got to give you all six, man. I got to give it to you. And so, and so in that, in that, uh, I'll give it to them away in a way where I don't give them all the info, but number one, uh, when, when Moses Uh, had passed away, Um, you you know, Moses wasn't allowed to take the Israelites into, um, uh, into the promised lands. Uh, Moses passed away. And, and basically the Lord calls on, on, uh, on Joshua and says, Moses, my servant is dead. You know, you're going to take the people. First thing Joshua does, we know Joshua was scared because, because God tells Joshua three times, in the first nine verses, do not be afraid. All right, three times in the first nine verses, you can go back and look. He tells Joshua not to be afraid. That lets you know that Joshua was scared. Okay, this was before Joshua, right? The warrior. <laughs> he was just Joshua. Okay, and so and so he says, "Hey, um, you're going to take the Israelites into uh, uh, into the promised land." And the first thing he says, he tells the people to prepare. My first thing, my first key battle principle is preparation. Prepare for battle. Okay. He tells them to prepare provisions for yourself first. And he says, for within three days, we will cross the Jordan and we will go. Now, for you preparation. You may be severely depressed right now. There's different levels to this, Ernest. Mm
0: -hmm. You
1: may be so bad off that you stay in bed all day, whether it be from the loss of a child, loved one, divorce, job, you name it, whatever it could be. Preparation for you could be a simple prayer. Lord, help me. It could be a simple um, getting up and brushing your teeth. Okay? There's different levels to this. Preparation Mm -hmm. for, for everything's going right and you hope for that next promotion. Right? Preparing for that thing. Where am I at in this thing right now? What don't I know? What do I need to know to get my life to the next level? Prepare for battle. Where are you in this grand scheme of thing? Because we're always in preparation mode for something. We're always mm-hmm. in preparation for that next chapter. There's so much that goes into this word preparation. I don't have time to really dig in, but let me tell you, this is one of the m- most vital parts because like a flight attendant, they tell you if you experience the drop down of the of the oxygen mask to right. put yours on first. Not your kids. You put yours on first. Joshua says, get provisions ready for yourself first. Go back and check me. The reason he says that, you are no good if you can't breathe, man. Mm -hmm. There comes a point in time where you got to take care of you. Take provisions for yourself first. Prepare for battle. Number two. Here's what Joshua did next. Joshua sent two spies to go into the promised land. Here's what's crazy though, Ernest. Joshua was one of two spies out of 12 that Moses had sent to go scour the promised land. All of them came back with gloom and doom. The giants are so bad. Only him and Caleb, two people came back with a positive message. I think that Joshua learned a lesson. It's not the quantity of people speaking into my life, but the quality of people speaking into my life, man. Joshua had seen 12 people modeled, Hmm. but he only sent two. I think Joshua learned that you have to obtain spies. That's my second battle principle. Obtain spies. I don't mean like 007 kind of spies. I mean truth holders, life givers, man. The people who don't just tell you what you want to hear, but they tell you what you need to hear. It's my second battle principle from the story of Joshua. My third, man. This This is where it gets dicey. The next thing Joshua and the Israelites did, man, they had to cross the Jordan. The Jordan River represents a major obstacle in front of them before they could step into all that God has for them. You are facing an obstacle wherever you're at in life. Let me tell you something. If we don't step into that water and allow God to do the impossible, we'll never see the impossible done by God. We have to be willing to be obedient. We have to be willing to face challenges. More of that, and more on that in a second. But we have to be willing to cross that Jordan. So crossing the Jordan is number three. But I want you to not just blindly cross it. We got to name this thing. Is it depression that I'm up against? Is it fear that I'm up against? Is it rejection? Is it did I just lose my leg in a motorcycle accident? I don't you name it. What is the obstacle that sets before me? And I have to step into it, man. I have to, with a prepared heart, with people around me, I prepare to cross that Jordan. And we see God do an amazing thing, man. When them priests entered uh, ankle deep into that water, uh, he shut that water off, man. And he grew a wall of water. And the, the Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea. If you know anything about the Dead Sea, man, it's so salty that nothing can live in it and he shut that water off and i think man so many of us are so salty we are so salty james about what happened to us we're so lost about what what she did to me what he did to me we're so we're so dumbfounded about what happened that we're constantly feeding that By stepping into it, we allow God to do the impossible and just shut it off, man. And they all cross on dry land. Number four, defeat the enemy. Joshua and the Israelites go in to Jericho. This is where Joshua gets his fame. Jericho, Jericho. They march around the city, man, seven times, seven days, you know, all all that. Walls fall, they go in, boom, man. Joshua gets his fame here in Jericho, but something else happens. Joshua had gotten a promise from God that they were going to go in and take the land. Through a prayerful mindset, Joshua was victorious. Something happened along the way. Joshua's head got a little bit big. Somebody on their squad coveted something shiny that was told God told them to demolish and they kept. And they went into the battle of A.I. right after Joshua. I mean, right after Jericho and got their butts handed to them. They lost. And I think. Why would God. Send them into the promised land a major victory, and then send them to an immediate loss, Ernest. I, I I was dealing with that. I was dealing with that. And then all of a sudden, it came clear to me. Through a prayerful mindset, Joshua went back and defeated AI. Here's where the table turns. When I say number four, defeat the enemy, it's not me who fights but Christ who lives inside of me. See what I'm saying? Through that prayerful mindset, Joshua was victorious. Joshua got a little bit out of line, him and his people, and got their butts handed to him. Then he goes back into that prayerful mindset, man, and then he continues a life of mission rather than just being emotion.
0: I think we I think we lost your 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 sound but but claim
1: your inheritance Joshua around somewhere around Joshua chapter 13 I think
0: it says That's Joshua a, was out. Real, what's that real real quick we, we lost your sound for for a couple seconds so go back go back to the right where you started at with the number uh five again start again because we lost you right real quick
1: all right claim your inheritance All right. Claim your inheritance. We find Joshua, the Bible says, well advanced in years. I think it was somewhere around Joshua chapter 13. Okay, well advanced in years. But the Bible says he still had a lot of work to do. Here's my problem with the church. (laughs) We have a lot of squatters in the church. A lot of people well advanced in years. I've done my time. Right? I don't have anything else to do, right? And 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 that and that bothers me because Joshua, though he had fought and done all this stuff, he then took the inheritance that was given to him by God and dispersed it among his people. What are we doing with the knowledge we gain? What are we doing? with the knowledge we glean. What are we doing with it, man? If we're not bringing people in this journey, if we're not bringing people along with us, we're missing it. We're missing this whole thing. Claiming your inheritance is about bringing people along with you. It's about sharing what God has done in and through your life and for you. Finally, battle principle number six Live your legacy. Live your legacy. I, I heard it one time explained as the dash. We all have a date that we're born and a date that we will die. And in between that is the dash. And that dash represents our life right now. What does your dash say? Live your legacy. Create your legacy. Understand it's not you who fights, but Christ. Who fights inside of you and watch what God will do, man. And those six battle principles radically shape my life for the mission that God has put me on right now.
0: Mm, man, I'm 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 definitely intrigued. I gotta get the book myself because I, I gotta read yes. it. So I can get these principles for myself, Dustin. i yes. I I really appreciate you being on, man. I appreciate you sharing sharing your story and, and sharing your wisdom. I'm gonna let you have the last word. So get us a uh a a, a, a a knowledge, something you want to leave with us, and yeah. um, and also your social media you know, platforms and things how people can get in contact with you. And, I, and I'm going to let you have the last word. But um, before we get there, I just want to say uh, again, thank you. Thank you for the listeners for tuning in to the deals Heal with E. James podcast, uh, where my mission is to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problems, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. If you haven't already, like, listen, subscribe, and share to the podcast. Also, be on the lookout. We got big things coming. Um, we got merchandise. We got the Deal to Heal Tease. We got some ebooks coming out. We got some webinars coming out. We got a lot of things that we're working on. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our uh, YouTube page, but definitely our Facebook page where we share more information um, about the podcast and the things that we go- have going on. Dustin, again, thank you very yeah. much for being on. Thank you for being my guest. So, Give us some last words and also give us your contact information and where we can get the book so that uh, our listeners can support. So it's on you.
1: Absolutely. So so if you go to, there's a couple of places you can get the book. First of all, thank you, Ernest, for having me on Deal to Heal. Thank you, listeners, for putting up with me for this for this time. Um, it's It's quite an amazing story, man. And I hope that you are blessed from it. Uh, God is doing some really great things right now in and through the lives of uh, of, of all of us, even in this nation, man. Um, I see it. A lot of people want to get hung up on on what's not going right. And we talk about gas prices and woo, that's a whole nother conversation. And we want to <laughs> talk about all these different things that are going. But but here's my thing, man. Man, you were created for such a time as this right now. This is, this is when you're here. This is why you're here. What are you going to do with it? You know, if I had to say anything to leave you guys with, it would, it would absolutely be to stop being afraid what other people think. People don't think of you like that. We're afraid to step out and do something. Because we're afraid of what people think. We're mm-hmm. afraid of what people will say. Man, if we knew how little people really thought about us, we wouldn't be so gripped by that so much. Another thing is know your worth, man. Know that you were created a masterpiece. That God himself knitted you in your mother's womb and has a plan and a purpose for your life. Check this out. The same God that breathes stars into a into the existence desires a relationship with you. How powerful is that? How powerful is that? Know your worth. The last thing I would say is know your mission and stand behind it. Stand firm. Don't let anybody knock you off the rock. Man, when I look at uh, the lives of... Uh, Um, um, Nehemiah in the Bible, when he goes back to, to rebuild the walls of of Jerusalem, man, he met opposition from every side, but he couldn't come down off the wall. He knew his mission. Do you know yours? That's my question to everybody listening today. Do you know your mission? And if you don't, it's okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. We got to start, we got to start doing some preparation got to, man. We got to start doing some preparation, put those right people beside us. We got to step into those obstacles. We got to fight those battles, man. And then whatever we learn, whatever we glean, however we win, we got to share that with other people. And that, my friend, creates our legacy. Now, our book, Courage and Redemption, can be purchased on Amazon or you can go to my website, dustinrivenbark.com, and you'll find a blue link with a a demo video that's like a just a little trailer about the book, and you can purchase it right off the uh, website if you go to the blue link on the website there, and it'll tell you all about it. Um, Again, my website is dustinrivenbark.com. My Instagram, at dust214. Um, I also have a Dustin Rivenbark Facebook. And uh, and yeah, man, so link up with me if you have any questions. Would love to hear from you guys.
0: All right, all right. Thank, again, thank you, Dustin, for being on. We're going to make sure we have all those links and things in the show notes. So when you guys go to YouTube and, and actually watch it, watch the actual video, all the information to be there. You can click on it. And go and support Dustin. Dustin, again, I want to say thank you for coming on. Thank you for uh, sharing your story and your book with us. I definitely look forward to reading it myself and adding those principles uh, to myself. To my listeners, thank you guys for rocking with me uh, thus far. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And until next time, we will see you guys next week. All right. Be blessed. Hey, guys. I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730 in order to receive text messages with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. All right. See you in a minute. Thanks for listening to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. This episode has been brought to you by Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Just go to dealtohealteas.myshopify.com. Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.